Hey there, folks. Reverend Graff from Kyroscope. Pleased that you've tuned in. This is kind of a mini edition of the show. We're breaking down our very first episode into some smaller segments so that it might be a little bit more easily digestible. One of the issues we examined in episode number one was pornography and Christianity. Here's that segment. From the Shepherd's Voice Studios of Good Shepherd Church, here's the host of Kyroscope, the Reverend Randall Graff. And I thank you for sticking it out and returning with us for uh, part two of this edition of Kyroscope. Very first edition, in fact, episode one of what we hope will be uh, a continuing uh, examination of the issues of the day and the news of the world as we apply a Christocentric lens to the things that we look at. Uh, what we're going to look at next is some pornography. Wow, that didn't uh, that didn't come out right now, did it? All right, let's uh, let's let's regroup on that. Uh, Charisma News recently published uh, an article entitled uh, 15 Statistics About the Church and Pornography That Will Blow Your Mind. I want to share some of that data with you, and I'm going to back it up and beef it up a little bit with some uh, some information and some data that the uh, Barner Research Group also recently published uh, about uh, pornography, and in particular, pornography as it relates to uh, Christianity and the church and stuff. In case you have been uh, living under a rock and you didn't know this, the internet is filled with not nice stuff. Uh, and a lot of it, in fact, is is what we might call pornography. Now, but what's interesting about that is Charisma News tells us that even though over 40 million Americans regularly visit porn sites... That uh, in actuality, many Americans, actually it's Barner Report that tells us this, uh, many Americans have difficulty actually defining what porn is. That's, that's almost hard to believe unless you're coming at this from a perspective of total denial. As you sit there and wonder, well, well, is it what I explored in the... Six minutes and 29 seconds of my stay at that website. Is that what they're talking about? Where did I get the six minutes and 29 seconds from? Uh, again, this is a statistic uh, that is reported by Charisma News. Of those 40 million Americans that regularly visit pornographic sites on the Internet, the average visit lasts six minutes, 29 seconds. Which is kind of, I don't know, it's kind of kind of quick isn't it i mean is it just me here's what i'm thinking when i i get on wikipedia i can lose a day i mean it's just like a rabbit hole so um i don't know maybe maybe that happens too uh i haven't sorted through this data well enough maybe it's six minutes and 29 seconds for an average for each site and it goes else i i don't know i don't know making that part up uh, there are around 42 million porn websites. That totals around 370 million pages of porn, according to this report. And catch this. You don't think the porn industry is huge? Check out this statistic. The porn industry's annual revenue is actually more than the NFL, the NBA, and the MLB combined. 
you take the annual revenue of the National Football League, you add in the annual revenue of the National Basketball Association, you add in the annual revenue of the Major League Baseball League, and but that's kind of redundant, right? The Major League Baseball League, the MLB. Combine that with the NFL, the NBA, the porn industry's annual revenue still higher. Absolutely crazy. Absolutely crazy. It's big, folks. It's it's uh it's big. Let me uh let me switch reports here. Move on over to the Barner research and uh, see what they have to say about this. Uh, number one, out of the gates, one of the things they do say, as I was referencing earlier, is that. Uh, Porn is notoriously difficult to define. For Americans, they say it's more of a question of form rather than function. What does that mean? More of a question of form than function. Well, here's what it means. Uh, They define porn mostly based on the function it serves. That's for the purpose of sexual arousal. Most Americans believe that full nudity or even partial nudity uh, don't necessarily qualify to be porn based on that sort of functional definition because it does not uh, necessarily result in some sort of a physiological arousal of sorts. Number two, according to the Morning Research, is that people use porn for the obvious reason, arousal, but they also use it for other reasons. Some of those other reasons cited include boredom, curiosity, and fun. Now, I'm not sure how they differentiate it. Fun from arousal, uh, because, well, I don't know. I'm not even going to extrapolate on that, because that's just going to be a little bit... Too much information, I guess. But what's interesting about this is that uh, Barner reports that younger adults and teens are more likely than older adults to use porn for boredom, curiosity, and fun. And so let's put that another way. Older adults are more likely to use porn for arousal. Uh, those 25 to 50-year-olds tend to use uh, for, uh, what does this say, uh, tend to use for getting sex tips or to set a mood with a partner. Being less risky than actual sex is a higher motivation among both teens and older adults for different reasons, presumably. Now, it goes on and has a, a section in their report that they entitled The Morality of Porn. Let's, let's take a little look at what the morality of porn is all about. One of the favorable realities uncovered by the research is the degree of transparency respondents display on the topic. In other words, folks really aren't all that reticent to discuss this when they're asked. Porn is quite researchable. Now, catch this. Most Americans believe porn is, quote, bad for society. But that attitude is actually shifting It's shifting yearly toward neutrality or even good for society. That shift is taking place generationally. In other words, the younger a respondent is, the more likely they are to say that porn is actually neutral or good for society. The older respondent is, the more likely they are to say that porn is bad for society. And I think that that is hitting on probably a pretty important focal point of a lot of what we're seeing in society these days, given that 
things that we used to say uh, were not good, we might have even said that they were bad, we're more likely in society to be accepting of, uh, and maybe not even just a neutral acceptance, but we're willing to go out now and say those are actually good. And actually, there's something wrong with you if you don't accept it as good. And there's something really wrong with you if you say that that is bad. So, I think there's scripture to back me up on this. We're basically saying these days that that which is good is evil, and uh, that what we call evil is good, In other words, everything is just upside down. And we see that with society on the issue of pornography. As generations, younger generations, are shifting towards saying it's actually not just neutral. It's actually good for society. They also point out that only a small minority of adults who use porn report much guilt about it. Teens are more likely uh, to experience feelings of guilt. Although it's still a minority of teenagers who experience any guilt about using pornography. Now, interestingly, practicing Christians are twice as likely as others to experience guilt about their pornography use. I'd hate to say that I find some comfort in that. But I... (laughs) In a sense, I kind of do. You know that at least Christians still have a sense of guilt about them. I'm not suggesting we need to walk around, you know, being constantly guilt-ridden. But when you're doing something that clearly is kind of out of the ordinary, doesn't fit with the historic teachings of the biblical Christian church, uh, might be considered, actually is considered by said church as sexually inappropriate, then yeah, you ought to feel a little bit of guilt about that. In fact, perhaps you may need to feel a lot of guilt about that. Teens and young adults have encouraging and accepting conversations toward porn, according to the Barner research. When they talk about porn with their friends, 89% of teens and 95% of young adults say that they do so in a neutral, accepting or encouraging way. Let's pick that apart for a moment. 89% of teens, 95% of young adults say that when they're talking about porn with their peers, with their friends, with their social group, that they are either neutral, accepting, or encouraging about it. And those are three different descriptions. Neutral, not the same as accepting. Accepting, not the same as encouraging. But I think what you see there is, again, that drift toward an acceptance of this in society. Uh, only 1 in 20 young adults and 1 in 10 teens say their friends think viewing pornography is a bad thing. Teens and young adults uh, view not recycling as more immoral than viewing porn. I'm going to let that sink in for a moment. I'm going to let you think about that for a moment. Teens and young adults view not recycling as more immoral than viewing pornography. 32% say viewing porn is usually or always wrong compared to 56% who say recycling is usually or always wrong. Again, 
Just letting that, I'm letting it sink in on me. I, I don't know what your reaction to that is. I'm, I'm actually finding myself a little bit speechless on that. Goes on to talk about the screen age. Pornography is basically a digital media these days. Uh, you know, I'm old enough to remember the days of uh, the magazines that were hidden behind the counter at the corner uh, uh, drugstore and such. And, well, we're a far cry from that and we're a far cry from uh, nudity on HBO and such uh, that we used to see as kids. The porn industry has uh, really capitalized on this digital industry that we uh, that we all have as I said in the opening segment, probably become a little bit of a slave to. Uh, and uh, porn has actually been one of the driving forces behind the advancement of the digital age and the Internet and uh, better resources and such. And uh, it, it, it's, it's absolutely mind-boggling. Uh, Barner tells us that most teens are sexting. Let me spell that out for you. S-E-X-T-I-N-G. Sexting, as its name implies or should imply. In case you haven't picked up on that, that would be texting. Having sex text. Um, so, <laughs> you can use your imagination. If you need to Google it, just be careful. 62% of teens and young adults have received a sexually explicit image. And 41% have sent one. Through text. I'm going to recite those stats one more time because we're talking almost one of two. 62% of teens and young adults have received a sexually explicit image. 41% have actually sent one via text. let's, let's, Let's leave the teens out of this for a moment. Let's talk about porn and pastors because Barner has really, uh, dug into this and, um, this this uh, this should be a wake-up call for us. And again, as I said before, you know, uh, we, we need to make sure that we're not putting our, uh, our priests, our pastors, our clergy on a pedestal when they need to actually be on a prayer list. Uh, they are just as vulnerable. In fact, they may even be more vulnerable to uh, the ills of society and the temptations of evil. Barner reports that most pastors, 57%, and 64% of youth pastors admit that they have, you might think I'm about to say have viewed porn. I'm not going to say that. I'm going to repeat the stats before I tell you what they're talking about. 57% of pastors, 64% of youth pastors admit that they have struggled with porn, either currently or in the past struggled with. That implies more than just have viewed it, have struggled with it. Like, you know, having problems, perhaps maybe being addicted to it. Overall, 21% of youth pastors and 14% of pastors admit that they currently struggle with using porn. About 12% of youth pastors and 5% of pastors say they are addicted to porn. Let me repeat that again. 12% of youth pastors, 5% of pastors, admit that they are actually addicted to porn. My, my, my. This is, a, this is an interesting uh, report. If, if you want to learn more about this, I would encourage you. Uh, you can Google this online. The Barner Research Institute 
uh, always does a wonderful job with uh, the research that they conduct. They're not afraid to to get to the core of things as they affect uh, people of faith, and in particular as it affects uh, Christians. And you know what, folks? That's not necessarily uh, a bad thing. We shouldn't have to run away from the reality and truth of um, what's out there. If we're going to fix something, we kind of need to know what it is we're out to fix, and it needs to be identified. And I think that uh, Barner is one of those uh, institutes that's done a uh, a pretty good job of uh, helping us figure some of these things out. So you want to learn more about that. It's a pretty big report. You can find it online. You can Google Barner Research, B-A-R. N-A. Again, they do do a fine job with a lot of faith-based research and a lot of uh, research about socio-cultural issues that uh, we're facing today, not only in America, but around the world. When we come back on Kairoscope, we're going to be talking about what's going on on these college campuses these days. You may or may not be surprised. You may or may not be surprised. You know, we're heading into exam time. And uh, that's always a stressful time for the young folks, but you won't believe what some of the college campuses are doing to help kids focus and deal and cope with the stressors of being a student. All of that and more when we return on Kairoscope. To hear more, make sure you subscribe to Kairoscope, kairoscope.com. 